please enter room 2008. to room 2008 we are live on a friday night it is the first friday night past halloween halloween gobble season is officially over um candy's digested the the decorations are in the process of being put away and and we're finally getting some post halloween clarity it's kind of sad isn't it it is it really is this is my favorite time of year uh october through december you know so we're 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 one down Mm mm-hmm you know, so we got Thanksgiving to look forward to here in a couple of weeks. So, you want to talk about being a favorite holiday? You know, I proposed to my wife on Halloween. How scary well, was that? it was a Halloween weekend. What? How scary was that? <laughs> Pretty fucking scary. <laughs> That's funny. We, uh, we we went down to New Orleans, and it was. And if you've never experienced a New Orleans Halloween, you have to put that on your bucket list. Yeah, put that on the BL. Yeah, you have like. 10 foot demons on stilts walking around and you have people just to the nine, you know, which, Oh, that's a saying I didn't look up. Damn it. To the nine. I know. Well, well maybe that'll be like a little bonus. Yeah. We can, we can look it up as we're on air. Mm-hmm. So, so remember that one to the nine. Yep. Yeah. So Halloween has a special place in my heart. And of course it's over and I don't really like candy and chocolate. So yeah, fuck me. It's all about romance for you, huh? well uh if you are watching this we are are live on twitch.tv slash room 2008 ent as we always are when we go on uh do episodes and if you have spotify this is also uh in video format on spotify um every other platform is uh audio so if you're watching this it is me drew nell aka general a tolls jen a tolls and we have mr lance if you want to provide your name for the night? Yeah, Mr. Connellingus. There we go. It all flows together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are missing Peter. He's um, off stroking his guitar again somewhere, making some money. Man's throwing up busy. On, throwing up on somebody. Probably still has diarrhea. Um, so so we're wishing him well tonight. Hopefully he's better. Yeah. Another onion festival. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just oh, us yeah. for the night. So, um, yes. So we kind of thought we were going to do something a little fun tonight. With Peter being gone, you know, trivia would have been a good night. We did that last Halloween. We got to do that again soon. We did that. We did it last Christmas. Last Christmas. Okay. So it was, yeah, it was, it was right before New Year's. Yeah. Has it really been an, almost a year since we've done trivia? We did it twice. We did it the week. We did it the episode the week before Christmas and New Year's, and then we did it um, like in the first week of April because we tried to piggyback off WrestleMania. That's right. We did well on that. Yeah, we did. That was a fun time. Did you we watch did. WrestleMania? No. I haven't watched wrestling in I don't know how long. But you watch the podcast. I listen to some of them, yeah. Yeah, listen to the podcast. Well, because they, they, they talk about the old stuff. Which matters. All this yeah, like I, I, don't, I don't listen to there, – there's a shit ton of podcasts that talk about like 
That's it, it would be like us reviewing here's what I liked about Monday Night Raw this week. Like who gives a fuck? I don't want to hear what somebody yeah. else, you know, like I'd rather hear like you there's one hear the stuff that you watch that you yeah. remember it's in that's embedded in your heart. Exactly. Just like Halloween is for you. Mm-hmm. Before we get into it, speaking of Halloween, did you get into anything? Um yeah, we did a we did a trailer ride with the hay and everything. And it was park. really bizarre because last year we uh we had we like went around and we were, you know, I remember last year thinking, God, like everybody was answering. Everybody had candy. It was a good time, you know, yeah. whatever. And I have kids. So, I mean, you know, like obviously we get out and do uh, get, you know, get in the thick of it, I guess. Yeah. So, um, which is another saying. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. Obviously, our topic tonight is going to be over, over sayings and the origins of them. But um, so, yeah, we did a trailer uh, hayride. And we did the same route and dude, maybe like, I mean, I would say 20% of the houses, like nobody was answering. And then the lights would be on, you know, you have all these digital timers, everything, you know, so they're always on. And so it looks like a house that's saying, come get some candy. And, um, and we'd stop, the kids would knock on the door. Nobody answered. They'd run off and it's like, son of a bitch, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd like walk, walk back, kind of like slashed over tears in their eyes and stuff. Honestly, kind of, know, you know, cause they're wondering like, you know, Is nobody answered. What do we do? Like they want to knock on that door, you know, they thought it was them. Have you seen that clip? Uh, and then this happens a lot, but like the, the, the <laughs> Uh, that that's like the front door camera, the ring camera, and it picks up. Somebody leaves like a bucket, which I did. Everybody really does. If you don't, you should. But like, leave a bucket of candy. You know, it's like take one. Yeah, this family just comes up and just oh, raises yeah. it. Yeah, that pissed me off. <laughs> I could I could go deep into that video, but I'm not. So, um, um, but no, we we um we don't do the bucket thing. We actually open the door because I have the vampire mask I wore last year. I got a scary pumpkin mask, so I want to. Yeah scare the hell out of them you know well like when you're leaving the go trick-or-treat oh i got you, you. Need to leave a bucket because i hate yeah. to like not be available for everybody else yeah yeah i got yeah. you yeah ours was very very uneventful we live in a small neighborhood anyway but last year we had i'm not counting trick-or-treaters because sometimes you might have one come to the door and then other times there might be like three or four at one time mm-hmm. so last year i think we had 10 like 10 actual visits 10 you know knocks on the door that's a lot yeah i know for such a small neighborhood, we have people from outside the neighborhood come in too. This year, we only had four. Yeah, see, and, I mean, it was weird this year. Is next year going to be worse because it's a Wednesday? Don't know. Don't know. That might. Well, I mean, last year was a Monday, so a lot of people last year went on Saturday too. True, because it was so close to the to the um, yeah, you know. So um, um uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, even I don't know. There's and um, so you was like, what am I going to say here? I cut you off. You probably forget again. Uh, I was going to quickly say, though, inflation, there was a price, there was a percentage on candy cost of how much inflation, how much has gone up per percent. It was like hundreds, you know, uh, not 100 percent over like 500 or 600 percent higher than it was due to inflation. So maybe a lot of people are just saying, you know, screw it. Yeah, and the candy's smaller, too, like way smaller. You ever bought those sponsored bars everybody sells at schools? They're like a dollar a piece. I remember selling them, but I haven't seen them in a while. They are so small. It's it's ridiculous. I know. So, yeah, that's uh, because we got a we got a huge bag from Costco. You know, it's like Reese's, uh, Snickers, Twix, Milky Way. 
Hell the fun, yeah. Just the fun sizes. And they're, they're obviously so much smaller than they used to be. And it's, it's ridiculous. But I think our, out of all the houses on our block, maybe it was very uneventful. Uh, a lot of people didn't even decorate, you know, I mean, there's only probably three or four houses that have kids. And, um, I think me, the people across from me and maybe the people next door to them may have been the only, cause I can't see all the way down the road, but I mean, there was yeah. probably only maybe three to four houses max that looked like their lights were on, uh, you know, to have trick or treaters. It, it was weird. I, it was, the vibe was not there. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. Yeah, there was, was there were so many trunk or treats, you know, Saturday night. That's probably what it did. And that's, I I don't know. I've never, I don't think I've ever been to one. I remember going to, I remember going to a church one when, when I was little, but I don't know, man, there's. No, no, you, you're, you're on point with that. I think that's, that, that plays a big part. Everybody's burned out by, it's not a buildup. It's like, oh, yeah. well, shit, we gotta, yeah, well, we'll do it real quick. You know, yeah. it's like, not I feel, I feel bad. They're not able to experience the, you know, the the actual trick-or-treating you know we used to stay out all night and do it and yeah. then now it's like cut off at 7 30 yeah it's like it's barely even dark and it's done yeah i heard like two people say that like uh, i think it was online we're saying the cutoff is a 7 30 kind of a traditional thing i'm like when i was younger we used to i don't know maybe it was that's 7 30 you, later yeah, that's when you'd start <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the then earliest. when you were done you'd go out with a group of friends and take somebody out house. in the woods and yeah and uh like there used to be all kinds of mischief going on and everything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we had a, we had kind of a scary decoration we got from home Depot. It was like a swamp. I don't remember. I don't know if I told y'all or, or showed y'all, but it's, um, it's like a swamp fisherman kind of thing. It's like this scary, scary guy sitting in a rocking chair. So it's motion detected. So when you, you know, Oh, that's cool. Go in front of it, it, it rocks and it's the, the face it looks real because the jaw is so it's kind of loose. So it looks like the skin's actually moving. Damn. And, um, yeah, it scared one of the kids, which is amazing. Yeah. I really wanted to get, um, I wanted to get a drone cause we have like this scary doll decoration, put it on the drone and, and fly it around as the kids are trick or treating, scare the hell out of them. But <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been like, worth it. Just for like a little Bluetooth, like shower speaker to it. Just yeah. a witch screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or no, Peter's laugh. Bad impression. <laughs> Just have Peter's laugh the whole time. Quit fucking dancing. <laughs> Stop fucking dancing. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't. Did you see the video of the guy who has like the thirty thousand uh, dollar troll animation for Halloween? Mm-mm. He set it up, and it's just a video of him putting it together and like using it. It's and like one eye doesn't work, and it's got like air compressors and stuff, and it stands up, and it does all this stuff. But it's like. I don't know, 15, 12 to 30. I'll leave that range. I thought it was 30, but that sounds overkill. Yeah. So we're going to go 12 to 30. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would love to like go all out, but nobody else does in the neighborhood. So it's like, and we're, we're off. Like it's not, our neighborhood's not one that you just kind of pass through. It's like off the, yeah. You have to come to the neighborhood, pass through the neighborhood. It's not like a, in the middle of town or something like that. So where exactly is that neighborhood? Uh, if you look up, <laughs> what's your address? Yeah, which 16, we probably already said, sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. There you go. So, won't take long to figure that one out. Yep. Well, without further ado, um, Lance is going to go over some phrases, some pop- popularly used phrases um, that we say every day, and we 
have no idea where the meaning came from, and I'm sure you don't either. Uh, both. Um, what are you about so, to say? Uh, yeah, so it's like the original meanings of just everyday sayings. And what's funny is I've said like three since we've been on this podcast already without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. When I was in the car, uh, I was thinking about one or heard something on the radio. And I was like, shit, I just went over that. I didn't put it on this show, but it's funny because you think like I'm reading all this. There are so many. And you think now, like, you're going to remember every little one of them after you listen to the show because they're they're very interesting. But then I heard it and I was like, now, what was that? You know, it's because just it's hard to remember all of them. Um, But having said that, I've got 10. I think it's 10 or 11 regular ones. And then some, uh, the, some, some, some darker ones that have some sinister background. So before I drink too much and <laughs> mess up my words, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. You ready? Yep. All right. So, um, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say the saying, you tell me what it means and I'll tell you what the, uh, what the meaning behind it, where it came from. Okay. Yep. So what is it when you get cold feet? Uh, that's when you back out of something. Like at right. the last minute. Okay, so the actual origin comes from a Russian idiom related to gambling. So it's going to be kind of uh, more about the money, right? Originally, it's meant to have no money. And um, it meant to have no money. Trading your shoes as a final resort. Now you need to back out of the game. This is when it translated and applied to other situations like business or marriage where putting in a sum of money was required. Right. So it originally started with uh, people at the poker table getting cold feet, literally having to get their shoes out because that's the last thing they have to wow. put up. <laughs> nice. back, when shoes, back when you'd wear somebody else's shoes. <laughs> mm. There you go. Take you a swig. Bury the hatchet. That means um, you, if you're beefing with somebody, um, you put your differences aside and, and make up. Why do they say beefing? I'm just kidding. Another I'm, one. I'm not yeah. getting that beef. <laughs> It never stops. Bury the hatchet, I guess. You know, um, that way you, you don't use it. So you're exactly right. Uh, well, yeah, no, you're exactly right. All right, so uh, there are several Native American tribes. When they would join together as one, like, nation back in the day, they had this um, – So they would join against other warrior tribes. Mm-hmm. They would have a symbolic burial ceremony. And they would bury a stone hatchet under a cypress tree, so it was a joining of, of two parties. I figured I figured out your name for the next episode. What's that? Barry D. Hatchet. <laughs> Barry D. Hatchet. Yeah, I don't need the. Uh, all right, so let's see the next one. Um, I, I'm sorry. The only thing I thought about with Barry was all the stuff that's come out for the Christmas stuff. The big <laughs> Barry. You don't talk about? I have no idea. The dude that's sitting on a chair with his dong hanging out and everything's covering you. Come on, you've seen the Barry. I got to write that one down for the sound clip. <laughs> everybody, anybody, and everybody watching knows what I'm talking about, except for you. I'd have to see it. Yeah, it's it's the the big muscular black guy who like. Oh, like, and he's like kind of posed like. Yeah, he's sitting on like. A oh yeah, I know that, but I don't. What's this? What's the whole? Well, his name is Barry. Oh, and that's like the. Like the big berry. That, that's what you, that's what you think of when I <laughs> Google it, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> all right. So, uh, well, when you call me Barry, that's all I can think about. All right. Uh, turn a blind eye. Uh, ignore something. 
So this one's kind of cool. Yeah, pretend not to notice, right? So this was actually a story. Uh, I'm going to get his name wrong, but Admiral Horatio Nelson was a British naval hero with one blind eye. Mm -hmm. One time, the British forces sent him signals to stop their attack on the Danish fleet, but Nelson raised a telescope to his blind eye and claimed he did not see any signal. He went on. Uh, he went on the attack anyway and went over the on the uh, on the Danes. So he was quoted as saying, I have a right to be blind sometimes. I really do not. Uh, yeah, he said, I really do not see the signal because he purposely did it in his blind eye and saying, yeah. we're, we're doing this. I don't see your signal. And uh, I mean, that's that's ballsy. That was he. He was quoted Horatio Nelson Battle of uh, Copenhagen. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's. I was just about to ask, like, turning a blind eye. Why would you turn your blind eye when you can't see anyway? So, yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't know where that came from. Actual story. All right, some of these have, like, two or three. There's there's some big debates about some of these, which is kind of ridiculous. But anyways, this next one, honeymoon. This is not really a saying, more or less. An just event. to get the meaning behind it. Yeah. The money hoon. Yeah, where do you think honeymoon came from? We know what you. you know. I'm gonna guess it's got something to do with the moon. Obviously, it um, does. It does you would do something with honey under the moon? Oh, on your honeymoon, that makes sense. Pour it on your pour it on her, and then you lick it. <laughs> would you be on a beach? Yes. No, you got sand. Know. You don't sand your honey. Uh, where'd y'all go on your honeymoon? Uh, we never really went on a big one. Um. We just, I thought y'all did a little after or something. No, not yet. We're still, still saving up for that one. You know, it's funny because it was saying like, so the original, it's derived from the Scandinavian practice of drinking mead or fermented, uh, fermented honey during the first month of marriage. And it's measured by one moon cycle in order to improve the likelihood of conception. Conception. So here's that alcohol kicking in. So, um, I'll toast to that. Basically, it was a whole month. And that's where they got the moon cycle. So they called it a honeymoon. And and the article kept going. And it was like the stuff that has it originally started with. You'd have people that would steal. It's called theft by marriage. And they would like literally like steal their their whatever girl, right? This is back in the yeah. day, right? And then well, eventually the family would stop searching for them and they would get the girl pregnant. And then he would like, you steal your wife. Yeah. And that's how that worked. You didn't have a relationship beforehand. And then it went to uh, different stages. And now it's like a honeymoon is, well, we're at the Bahamas yeah. hanging out on the beach and Just take taking a trip Instagram for a week. pictures. Yeah. So it's it's funny how. Not, not consuming any honey. Not not even fucking worried about the moon cycle. Probably you know? not even having sex, depending on you know, like, the relationship between the two. Because when you. You're going through a wedding. Everybody gets pissed off. <laughs> oh, we had a great time. Mining, man. All right. So let's see here. Uh, I can imagine some people. Uh, break a leg. Good luck. All right. So why? This is one of the biggest controversial um, sayings. There's like three main points and nobody can really come to a conclusion i've looked at many articles and everybody like has kind of like two to three or one of the three or three to three but nobody says like this is you know um 
So, uh, what do you think it means? You think, it, like, what do you think? I mean, I mean, I know it means when you say it, you're wishing good luck. But the fact of where it came from, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that would. I think you're referring to the reverse jinx in performance arts, which is one of them. Just yeah. like, a, hey, yeah, it's like, yeah, when you go, go like, if you're, right, yeah, exactly. You know, if your band's about to go on stage, all right, y'all break a leg. Like, good, good yeah. luck. Kind of that reverse being rude, but everybody's on the same page, so it's cool and funny, and it's good luck. Um, but one of them is, and this is another. This is probably the main one after that. Um, is the leg line. So venues would often have more acts than stage time, mm-hmm. and the acts would only get paid if they performed. And if they went up, they would pass the leg line, so they got paid. There was a time period of threshold when you got off stage if you didn't hit that threshold you didn't get paid so uh thus break a leg was to get paid hey go break a leg go past that leg line and i looked that up that's actually a true um term mm-hmm. in theater ancient yeah. theater maybe mm-hmm. but it is a thing so that's another kind of that makes sense right and then the next one would be uh break a leg and you get cast so ah. cast in a play so if you're trying to make the cast then they say, you know, hey, go break a leg, get that cast. That one makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, which one of those three you believe? I'm going to go with, I would say probably the first one about the long line. Yeah. Because <laughs> cast, that's, I mean, that's, I, I don't stretch. Depends when casts were invented, like how far yeah. back it goes, you know? Pharaohs. All the way back then, really? <laughs> I get mummified in the cast. Oh yeah, maybe so then. But then, I mean, if it goes back that far, then yeah, I'm gonna go with the second I'm, one. Then I'm really joking though. I mean, uh, I, I know what you mean by that. I'm I'm the same mindset. I think it's probably the leg line as well. You're such a jokester. Oh man, I got it in me tonight. So <laughs> no, no comment. Got, got what in you? <laughs> I post Halloween clarity. All right. So um, close, but no cigar. I have no idea what that. I know what it means, but I have no idea where that would would come from. All right. So, in the late 19th century, carnival games were targeted to adults and not children. So the winner would get a cigar as a prize instead of a stuffed mm. animal. If the person was close to winning but did not succeed, you know, some somebody out there always say hey close but no cigar yeah you know. now now it's like close but no novelty comb yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. oh man this these are good i'm liking this i've never yeah i've never knew where that one came from let's see do you have any that you're thinking of let's see if they're gonna be on the list um we've said I, like four or five i know sky's the limit i was telling you that one earlier yeah hold that one i want to talk about that that's a good one Sky's the limit. Uh, you said it on another show, and I, when you said it earlier, I, it's like I've heard it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as what you said about it, all right. So butter him up. That means to sweet talk him to uh, make him feel important. Um, I guess kind of thing. Suck up to correct. him. Suck up. That's another one. There you go. Well, we could probably guess where that one came from. Uh, yeah, that's probably one of the more darker. <laughs> me. One we get to later. All right, butter him up. So in ancient uh, India, customary religious act involved 
throwing balls of butter at the statues of their gods. This was meant to ask for the gods for forgiveness and favor. Almost like a almost like a pleading. Yeah. And I guess butter was throwing throwing balls of butter around. We're gonna have to ask Peter about that one. Yeah, why do they say balls of butter? <laughs> you know, I like bricks butter of ball. butter. Butter balls. Just just throwing butter. Why what balls of butter? <laughs> Does that have something to do with blue balls? Well, Peter throws onions. Yeah, that's true. Let's see. Uh, oh, the cold shoulder. That's so. That's still so weird that that would come from India, like Indian history, and we say it in our normal terminology. Yeah, most of these came from, um, like, like ancient Egypt, like raining cats and dolls. Dogs. Yeah. I don't even have that one on the list because there was a lot of conspiracy behind it. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, back and forth. I didn't want to get into that, but a lot of them are from, you know, ancient stuff we brought over. It's, it is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Like, why would we say it? And the way it translates, too, sometimes it doesn't make sense the way it translates. There's a lot right. of German sayings that translate different, and we say mm-hmm. them. And it makes sense when you're talking about the language in Germany. Yeah. But when we say it, we just say it because of the translation, but it doesn't mean it's it weird, just, weird it just how it stuck. works. It just stuck. So the cold shoulder. Um, what does that mean? Uh, you don't respond. You ignore somebody. Don't talk to him. Kind of like uh, Peter giving us a cold shoulder on the show tonight. Yeah, tonight. Yeah, staying too busy for uh, his primary act here. Gave us the cold shoulder for a hot pelvis. Yeah. <laughs> so the cold shoulder. Uh, back in medieval times, whenever someone had a guest over, it was considered impolite to ask the guest outright to leave, which I think it still is. Um, oh. Instead, they had a custom where the host gave the guest a piece of meat from the shoulder of the pork, beef, or mutton already cold, and it signaled that the dinner was over and the guest should get ready to leave. Kind of oh, like yeah. a takeout box. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, hey, uh, here's your food, man. Well, good seeing nice, you. Nice and cold. You're going to have to take it home, warm it up. Well, I'll have a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> or a fridge. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know. I would have never would have guessed that that's where that one came from. It's probably not true. All these I made up. (laughs) You got it off. You got it off the onion.com, the parody website. (laughs) Like the the Babylon Bee had this list. All right. um, Let the cat out of the bag. You told a secret or something that was supposed to be secret or not. Like who let the cat out of the bag? Yeah. Right. Like who exposed mm-hmm. a secret? You're exactly right. All right. So uh, around the 1700s, sellers would trick buyers by putting pigs considered valuable into bags. And they would also add cats to give the weight because cats were just yeah. roaming everywhere, which were not valuable. Strike out, so yeah. if a cat got out of the bag, their fraud would be exposed. Exposed. Nice. And then they'd be like, who let the cat out of the bag? Assuming there's like a group of people. Yeah. Assuming. Yeah. A lot of assumptions here. <laughs> All right. This one you'll appreciate. Uh, rub someone the wrong way. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, you're, just, you're not, you're not feeling their vibe. You're, you're, the energy's not there. 
bad bad energy. So rub someone the wrong way. Exactly. During colonial times, some Americans would have their servants rub the floorboards in a specific way. I wonder if floorboards was put in like after or something. Uh, rubbing the oak slabs the wrong way would result in the in the formation of streaks, which would ruin the floorboards and annoy the homeowners or piss them off, quite frankly. Um, I thought it was going to be something like, you know, when Peter was getting that massage that one time. Yeah. He just rubbed me the wrong way. I remember saying that. Is there a right way to rub someone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, you'll, you'll know. You'll just know. You'll know when it happens. It's kind of like. Apparently, you didn't do that on your honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> More of a back scratcher. Like, you know, I, I like to get my back rubbed, you know, but. All right. Let's see here. Uh, you ever gone to like a massage? Masseuse? Oh, yeah. yeah. Several times. Is that for your shoulder or just out of pleasure? Pleasure. But like, I don't know. They don't they don't get like like I like my back rub too, and I like like when my wife like really uses her thumbs like in my back right there. Oh, you're that person like dig deeper, dig yeah. deeper. She's like sweating. Yeah. Kind of just get in there. Yeah, they don't they don't do that. They basically just like they just like rub. And it's like it's not really doing anything. They're rubbing me the wrong way. You know, rubbing you the wrong way. But the reason why they don't use their thumbs like that is because if they did that, their thumbs would be tired after 20 minutes, you know, and they got to be there for 10 hours. I can't imagine. Yeah, that's that's got to be hard work. Yeah. They'll use their elbow some, which is fine or whatever. But like, I always have a knot right here in, the, in my back. So to massage that with your thumb, uh, that, you know, that's what I like to have massages like right there on my back. Got to get that knot. Yeah. yeah. And when that's they good. just, when they're when they're just literally just rubbing their hand over it doesn't really do anything for me. Hmm. Now Peter, uh, he likes his. Just <laughs> I, was, likes... I was thinking about that and you said it doesn't really do anything for me. I'm like, what would in a massage? He, Peter likes his onion peeled. If you know what I mean. You ever seen Curb Your Enthusiasm? No. There's a scene where he's uh he's at the masseuse and it was referred to him by a friend. She goes, you know, with her hand, she goes down on him, and it's like this whole twelve stroke thing. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Like he felt like he had cheated on his wife because he let the masseuse go 12 strokes. <laughs> and, uh, and then his wife went to a fortune teller and, uh, and, and they, and she's this big thing came up about him cheating on his wife over that masseuse, the 12 strokes. It's like, at what point is it? Thank you. What point is it cheating? We got, um, when we went to new Orleans, uh, last year, we went to that masseuse on uh right there on canal. Yeah, probably, you, you, down there. You probably passed by it. Um, yeah, they were. Yeah, they'll walk, just yeah. they'll just stand right outside and be like foot massage, foot massage. And we were so like tired from walking around, and it was so fucking hot that day. It's great. I recommend it. Bougie. Ah, uh, yes. I'd love for you to rub my feet. I've been walking around in pleasure for all afternoon. <laughs> Dodging oh shit God. in the street and everything. Here, take these boots and wash them. <laughs> a skeleton in the closet. Ooh, that means you have a secret you don't want anybody to find out. So before UK passed 1832 Anatomy Act, grave robbers supplied skeletons for medical workers. Which the words anatomy. What did I say? Anatomy. No, oh, I'm thinking about, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, I just said right, it wrong. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anatomy. All right, so grave robbers, uh, robbers, 
there's that uh there's that gin all right so grave robbers supplied skeletons for medical schools which we um that that could be like a that could be a show because there's a yeah. lot of history with that mm-hmm. i just watched um you know we did an episode on horror movies last month so yeah uh, I try and watch a shit ton of older movies like on TCM. And uh, there was a, there was a movie about that. It was really, uh, really crazy. What skeleton um, key? No, it was um, the, this guy was the head of a medical school and he would pay a grave robber to bring him. Corpses. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually pretty scary if you think about it. So when a raid occurred, the teachers, uh, they would hide the skeletons in the closets. Mm. And then they would obviously lie about, you know, not having skeletons and stuff. Right. So. Not get them confiscated. Nice. So they put their lives on the line, those teachers out there. I appreciate every one of them. Yep. Take a swig to that. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, you hear it right from the source. Right from the source. So during the 1900s, in order to determine the age of a horse, a buyer would examine its teeth. This would confirm or dispute the age that the seller claimed the age of the horse. So, um, yeah, so they had to examine it. So straight from the horse's mouth. There's another horse saying too something about a gifted horse. I think. Yeah, I, I looked. I'd never heard that one, so I skimmed right over it. I've heard it several times, but I can, what's the exact phrase? I can't remember. It was. Uh, I don't know the exact phrase, but it was never say a gift to a horse's mouth or something like that. Yeah. It was, Really oh, don't look at don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I have no idea what that means. Uh, it means don't be ungrateful when you receive a gift, because like what you just said, you look in the mouth to examine it, see how old it is, see if it's in good shape. You're getting a free horse, just fucking take it. Oh, don't, don't be ungr- don't be ungrateful for a gift. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm gonna start saying it. I'll probably butcher it. It won't <laughs> make sense. Some of these I've noticed I've said wrong actually. Don't look your gift in the mouth. <laughs> like the, don't, tear, uh, don't tear up your horse's mouth. What was that when I said? Uh, uh, I'll, I'll get to it. Maybe maybe I won't. Maybe I took it out because I've always said it wrong. I felt embarrassed. <laughs> so that was straight from the horse's mouth. So um, that's all. Can you think of any more that aren't really, that are used? Sinister? Um, yeah. That are not sinister, you mean? Well, just, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got 10 more that are going to be a little bit more darker, which most, it was actually harder to find true um, story, like how the origins mm-hmm. of these sayings for the ones that were not yeah. dark. And, and uh, which, you know, we've talked about this. We need to do this episode soon and let's not forget, but these um, not fairy tales, these nursery rhymes. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, that's, you know, obviously creepier than this. I mean, this nursery yeah. rhymes are even, um, even cool. a lot of those. Fairy, I got a whole book of the Grimm Brothers Grimm fairy tales, dude. Some of that stuff is like very creepy. Let's do that soon, like a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can. I got the book at, um, I think it was Sam's or Costco. It's like every single one of them. And, yeah. um, dude, like a lot of that shit could be made into a TV show or a movie. It's in the, and they're all like super super short. They're like five pages max each story. You know, it's not like some hundred and fifty page story. And there's 50 are these of them. folklore 
stories yeah. or are they are they like saying yeah, it's like, like it's like Rapun- like rapunzel cinderella oh yeah yeah there's i got you but there's literally a hundred more of them what know? was before disney pretty much yeah that's probably yeah, what disney, disney disney uses that is that's how i got started you know with like i said with cinderella and shit like that we're gonna do we're gonna do a show on that here soon like that's there's <laughs> there's a perfect one i'm not gonna say it if we're gonna do an episode on it but there's a perfect one we'll revisit it would be good for Halloween because there's one um, where he's a, uh, the youngest son in the family is kind of stupid. Um, and like he's so stupid, he doesn't even know how to get scared. Um, so the dad kicks him out because he's so stupid. And uh, he's he's trying to learn how to be scared. And he goes to all these things to try and get scared. And he won't do it like he camps out under a bridge or something like that. And um like it's where people were were hung and their ghosts visit him, That's but he crazy. doesn't. But he doesn't know they're dead, so he doesn't get scared. And he goes to this castle. I don't know. It's it's this whole thing. You'll have to read it. It's it's crazy. What Disney movie was that? It, well, I don't think it was. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it would be good to make a movie about that. Yeah. So a kid who can't get scared. That's mm-hmm. uh. That sounds like a children's book. And then I think it ends. I can't remember how it ends. So I'm not going to say it, but it ends very yeah. ironically. But um but yeah there's there's a lot of like all their fairy tales are like are, are it's a good read i would recommend reading well when i have spare time i'll read fairy tales i, I do <laughs> i mean i got the whole book over no, there. it would be it would be uh it would be really interesting just bust your balls dude hey mm-hmm. that's another there you go another saying i don't know the origin of busting your balls I'm sure it has something to do with the mafia probably and yeah. your balls it's good all right <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to these darker meetings. Your balls, man. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about being in a casino and having to give up your boots. So like, no, that's not good enough, man. We need your balls. <laughs> what about uh, hanging out? Where did that come from? I'm oh, just hanging out. You know? I don't know. Because, like, we're not hanging. We need to make a note of this, of all these that we said. We'll, we'll go back through. Let's keep saying them naturally. We'll go back through. Yeah, we'll. Do another episode on yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll play it by ear. If I had it'll the be, audience thing lined up, I would have played it. It'll be a piece of cake. I <laughs> oh, love it. All right, but, so this, we're, but we're gonna we're gonna have to figure something out to break the ice before we do it. So, all right, I, I saw break the ice. It wasn't as interesting, so I didn't put it on the show. Yeah, fuck but, it uh, then. Basically, ships getting stuck. You know when the seasons would change. And it was very neighborly to come help the ships get out of the ice, the locals. So it was like break the ice, you know. Yeah, it's too nice. Yeah, it was yeah too cheesy for me to even bring up. So thank you for letting me bring it up. Uh, All right, so um, here is here's some ten darker meanings. All right, so the first one, and they're no, they're not in like particular order, but that's pretty interesting. Basket case. Ooh, I mean, you're yeah. Yeah, it means you're a moron. So, yeah, and that was made kind of, I would say, famous. But everybody knows Basket Case from uh, what's that movie? Um, the Breakfast Basket Club. Oh. Yeah, and, and Green Days. I think it was on uh, Dookie. Yeah, the album. It was Basket Case. So the phrase initially referred to soldiers who lost their limbs, and possibly originated in 1999 when rumors circulated that limbs of decapitated soldiers arrived in baskets at hospitals. What, wait, what year did you say this was? 1919. Oh, I thought you said 1999. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I think you said 1999. Uh, I, mean, I probably misheard you. Yeah, we'll have to go back and edit. So 1919, since we edited a lot. Uh, <laughs> when rumors circulated that Lim's decapitated soldiers arrived in baskets at the hospital. So Major General M.W. Ireland was the first to refer to these as basket cases in his bulletin to express that they had not seen the said baskets. So I guess he was, he was, um, you know, he was talking about the, the rumor mm-hmm. in one of his bulletins and it called him the, the basket cases. Guess so. I would never guess that's where it came from. Yeah. So there were two theories on that, but it's the same, um, same story. So I just went with that one. One was like the person was so badly hurt in battle that you could put him in a basket. I think that got twisted. Yeah. I think this is the original one. That's why. I, so, so I wonder where it came from or how it got, how it morphed into using it for someone that's stupid or like a klutz or, you know. I think, well, I don't know when it's, when it was like started as a saying, but the reason I brought up breakfast club is because they, uh, they used it in the movie. Right. And I think a lot of that, you know, and you look at culture and, and like a lot of people heard that phrase. He's a basket case. Yeah. And, um, so maybe like stuff, something like that. That's what I'm thinking. I got you. All right. So, um, can't get your tongue. There you go. Can't say something. Can't you're say trying, it. You're trying to get it out, but you you can't get the cat out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Somebody's listening. You can't say it. So there are two stories on how this saying came into, it came to be. The first one says it could have been from a whip, which is the main one called cat o nine tails and i kind of look further into this and this is the more legit reasoning and it's an, it's a it's a thing but uh, that was used by the english navy for flogging and often left the victim speechless hmm. i bet you know going into it I, be, I bet you thought flogging at sea was something completely different than you <laughs> something peter does <laughs> oh i thought flogging never mind never mind never mind <laughs> no so, flog no flog november no can't see all right so um it was this whip that had uh i think it was three or five like knots rope in it and literally there was a story uh that had witnesses i mean it's a legit story it was a it was a, a you know a thing about it where the captain goes out and he's whipping this person and then you know somebody steps up and they're like trying to say, you know, hey, why are you whipping him for what he did? It was like speaking out of turn or something. Something yeah. just kind of, you know, they're all on the ship. They're all what we would think is like, hey, we're all family here. You know, we're on the same thing. No, right. Catherine was trying to set a, a precedence here. So that person who spoke up also got the Cat Nine Tails whip. And uh, and the captain was saying, you know, and the guy, the guy was like, oh, God, you know, help me, God. And he was like, God's not going to help you. You know, I'm the captain. You serve the captain. And it's a big, big thing in, in that, the English uh, English Navy, I guess. Yeah, we'll get their so, tongue. Yeah, so it they couldn't speak. I mean, it was just like, you know, you're going to get the cat if you do. The second one may be from ancient Egypt, where the liar's tongues were cut out as punishment and fed to the cats. Mm. And there was a story behind that where um, it only happened a couple times to show up. Uh, the show a thing, you know, somebody was speaking yeah. bad about their government or bad about, you know, 
king or I'm, whatever. I'm going with that one. You think that's what it was? I'm going with that one. Cats were very uh, important back in ancient Egypt. They were almost wor- borderline worshipped. Could be one of those two. Flogging at sea or uh, the Egyptian. Yeah, and cats were actually known for, um, oh, what were they? Like dogs were wind, cats were storms. Hmm. Back back in the Egyptian. Raining cats and dogs. Right, and that's where I got that. There's a lot of, a lot of these nobody really can pinpoint. You know, that's, that was one of cats and dogs, raining cats and dogs. Because yeah. another thing about that is the cats, the animals would live on roofs in certain civilizations or cultures, I guess you could say. And when it stormed, like showers, they would slip off the roof and they would just start falling uh. off these roofs. And so we don't really know, like, who's the first person to say this stuff. So it's really whatever you believe. It's crazy how it takes off, too. It's crazy about all these random ass stories about cats and dogs falling off ceilings and <laughs> um flocking at sea. All right. So uh rule of thumb. Speaking of flocking. Good one. Rule of thumb. I mean I know what it means. It's just it's just a rule you follow. Um uh, uh, uh some advice, I guess, maybe. Yeah, it was advice my father gave me. He said, um, why is you know, honeymoon? It's an accepted principle. That's what it means. Rule of thumb, right? It's said to derive from laws of England and America dating back to the 1600s. These laws are said to have stated that a man could beat his wife with any stick no wider than his thumb. Hence the rule of thumb. Going into it, I'd always known that because, you know, my father would tell me, like, you know, hey, here's how things work. Yeah. And uh, I'm joking. But anyways. Um, here's the stick I use. Yeah, your son. <laughs> this is a stick my father used. His father and his father, and that's why you're here today because of the stick. You gotta set them straight. Oh my god, he said that. All right, so um, I'd always thought it was a rumor, but there was there was no other theory to this. Yeah, so it's probably uh, documented of, somewhere. Yeah, rule of thumb. So you have to have now. That's not a law anymore, but but uh, it's just a it's just a rule of thumb, a well accepted principle. Yeah, everybody knows. Can't get can't go. That's like a it's on how big your thumb is, I guess. All right, so uh, Matt as a Hatter, a girthy, Matt as a Hatter. That's when uh, they would inhale mercury and it would make them crazy. I know that one. Yeah, I butchered that. I never really knew what the saying was. Mad as a Hatter. Um. If you want to, yeah, I mean, you can elaborate further, but I just, yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Hat makers in the 18th, 19th centuries often suffered mental deterioration because of mercury poisoning. So, uh, that's a fact. Meet a deadline. Obviously meeting a deadline is you're trying to meet a certain goal within a certain amount of time. Um, but have no idea. Maybe it has something to do with something before you die. Yeah, so like just saying it doesn't even sound sinister at all. Nothing mm-hmm. about death, like deadline. But if you think about it, so the meaning of this, missing the occasional deadline, right? The original referred to an actual line drawn on Civil War prison grounds where beyond which escaping prisoners would be shot to death. So they would go, they would draw a line in the dirt. So you cross this line, you're voluntarily getting shot. Like basically you just called a suicide. You're done. Don't cross the line. Wow. Yep. 
So meet a deadline is obviously you uh, you approach the deadline. So I guess they called it a deadline. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. Wreaking havoc. Wreaking havoc is going crazy or causing a like some of these phrases are it's so like normal to use them. It's hard to describe what they even mean. Right. Yeah. Like, give me. I'll give you the. It's hard to come up with a context yeah, for it. Like an actual definition for it. But yeah, it's like it's going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like uh, wreaking havoc in one's personal life, you know, in a metaphorical sense. Um, the So the literal cry of the word havoc on the battlefield used to grant soldiers permission to commit slaughter or other crimes to their heart's content. Just go out there and do what you want to do. Slaughter. Like, so it was basically England outlawed this practice in the 1300s. So it was saying there are no boundaries. Right. Go out there, do what you do. Do it to it. And that was called wreaking havoc. And and they would they would say, you know, can we, uh, I don't know if they say, you know, wreak havoc, but they said, can we have havoc or whatever? Yeah. And, uh, and that was, yeah. So, God, I can't imagine what these people went through back in the day. I know. And here Just we are with here we are with our first world problems, drinking gin and whiskey on a podcast, talking about these sayings and worried about di- worried about dynamic compression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, multi band compression and dynamic EQs and trying to mix some music here. Stupid stuff. Um, by the way, I like the music you had on our last show. I forgot which, I forgot which song I put behind it, but, um, I don't know. Oh, I think, was. I think it was, I think it was, um, uh, one of them was the house in the woods. I saved that one for Peter's episode. Hell yeah. Specific one. So it was that one. I can't remember the other one, but I think it fit pretty uh, well. Yeah. Sounded good. So, um, created by the man himself. What do you go by on? Is it, is it Drew now? Yeah. That's all okay. I got it under. I was trying to come up with like some like crazy sounding, you know, Halloween name, but I was like, yeah, because I might, I might make music in the middle of the year, like in April or something like that, yeah. non Halloween themed. So I didn't want it to be like some, you know, one off type scenario yeah. where you can keep it all kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's still so, on there. So, I mean, if you're in the Halloween spirit now, even though it's over, it's still up there, haunted hours. So when you were done with that, did you kind of wash your hands of it? Yeah, I, I upload, copyrighted it, uploaded it, distributed it. That was it. Then you just like wash your hands. Yep. All right. So There's wash one's hands. There you go. Yeah, I didn't even honestly. I didn't even try that. Say that just happened because uh, that was the next one. So wash one's hands. Pontius Pilate, who ultimately helped condemn Jesus Christ to death, uh, when that happened. He literally washed his hands and proclaimed that it simply was not his problem. Yeah. That's where washing your hands of that comes from. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, this one's one that I, I read and I was like, what is this? And then now that I'm seeing it more and more, I'm like, okay, I've heard this. I don't know if I've ever said it. Maybe I thought I was saying this, but it was wrong. You've probably said it. Running amok. Yeah, run amok. That means you just go crazy. Okay. 
not 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 like I said, going crazy like and wreaking havoc, but running amok is like a crazy person. Like your your kids are running amok, like they're just wild. They're just going just berserk. Yeah. All right, so um, you're exactly yeah. I mean, it's something out of control, causing general damage. Um, but members of the certain Malaysian tribe used to go on seemingly random and severe killing sprees, and in the European travel. Uh, uh, travelers, they simply could not figure out why. Initially, they thought it was the work of the evil tiger spirit, which I looked that up. Originally, it said like the evil spirit. I was like, what evil spirit? So it was an evil tiger spirit that was embedded in their culture. And but it was later assessed to be linked to some kind of mental illness, hmm. their surroundings, their culture. Um, so yeah, the Malaysian tribes, they would just go on these random. It's like you'd have one or two people that would just go off and do, and that happens today. Maybe they inhale too much mercury. Maybe they got off on some, got off some bad shit. <laughs> um, but the 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 article I got this from goes into the mental illness aspect of it, and it was culture bound. It was their surroundings, and people would go crazy. Certain cultures have more running amok than other cultures mm-hmm. so the europeans they come over and they're like what the fuck's going on you know why are these people going crazy we have that today it's the same thing it's a mental disorder based on your surroundings it's 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 go. uh there's a whole thing about that which is uh i'm not going to go into depth about it but for anybody listening running amok check that out if you're into like trying to figure you know psychology mental illness yeah, that's where that that comes from. Mental illness in a certain tribe. That's how that's how many times it happened. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so uh, this is the last one, and it's uh, somebody sneezes. You said what? Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank Thanks you for making God out of it. I added him in there. <laughs> so God bless you. Bless you. Uh, it's through different cultures, different things. I guess uh, anybody that doesn't believe in God, but say bless you. So I've always thought that God bless you was because when you sneezed, a part of your heart it would skip a beat. Part of your heart would close due to the sneeze, and and you would skip that beat. And I couldn't find an actual connection to that other than just scientific facts. When you sneeze, a certain valve does close. Right, but that's not why the saying is, is is what they say. So after sneezing, people used to believe a sneeze would cause someone to expel their soul out of their body. And yeah, so God, is that what you no? keep going? Keep going. And so God bless you or bless you was used as a protection against the devil snatching your soul. Also, become more known. Uh, yeah. Also, it was more said during the Black Plague is where it kind of came into a, a culture phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So a protection against the devil snatching your soul. Wow. <laughs> that was, uh, uh, I did um, one more actually, but yeah, that's, that's what the Simpsons said. When, uh, the episode where Bart sold his soul, um, they said him and Millhouse were going back and forth about the soul. And, uh, they said, yeah, when you sneeze, that's your snow, your soul trying to jump out of your body. That's, uh, that's the actual that's crazy i didn't there you go. That, that would surprise me because i've always 
day one. Oh yeah, because your heart skips a beat. That's that's what I that's what everybody said growing up. Your heart stops like for a split second, you know, when you, yeah. when you sneeze. But the Simpsons in that episode, correct? Your soul's jumping out of your body. And we're about to bring Simpsons up. I got one more pulling my leg. Oh, just playing a joke on somebody, lying to somebody, right? Playfully, playfully lying to somebody. Yeah, like fooling you or joking around or yeah. something. All right, so it used to be a very serious matter to have one's leg pulled. In London, it was a popular, like, uh, it was a tactic amongst robbers and thieves to drag people down by their legs before stealing their possessions. They would go for their legs first, trip them, pull them, take their shit, and run. And it was so common that literally it's like, are you pulling my leg? Like, are you about to to get me? Yeah. Yeah. so that's the last one that I have, but you mentioned one earlier, and uh, I wanted to kind of briefly talk on that. See, uh, the sky's the limit is a popular phrase. So a lot of people think, you know, let's say you're trying to get a career in music. Um, you know, you career-wise, you know, there's a lot of positions that you could apply to and get promoted. The sky's the limit. There's there's no end in sight. You can go as high as you want to. That's what most people think it is because it just goes straight into space. The sky's the limit. There is no limit. However, what if that saying is because literally the sky is the limit because of the firmament? Crazy. I told Peter that a few months ago, and I think I blew his mind because uh, he had never he had never thought about that in that in that sense. To where, what if it's literally the sky is the limit? Reason I even brought yeah. up the Simpsons because you know the firmament, the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, you know, not only the ones that we just went over now, but like just, just phrases like that. You just, you just don't know where they came from, you know, or the, or the real meaning behind them. So what if it, what if that is the real meaning behind the skies is the limit? Once you said that, it kind of ringed a bell with me too. Did you just think about that or did you see that somewhere? I think I, I thought about it when I was talking to Peter a few months ago when I, when I initially said it to him. Because it could be like a uh, you're hidden... talking about a flat earther. Sky's the limit, bro. <laughs> Talk to a flat earther is like, yeah, I guess it is. Because you know, can't go further. What, what if it's like a hidden in plain sight kind of thing? You know, wow. Like it's it seems, it seems innocent and like, yeah, man, sky's the limit. Can't stop. You know, there's nothing to stop you. But actually, it means it's a literal meaning. The sky's the limit. Yeah, so. that's crazy. I'm gonna be thinking about that tonight. No sleep for you. Yep, I'll let the uh, the big bugs. What don't let the bed bugs bite? I guess that's a nursery rhyme, right? Yeah, that's not really well, a nursery rhyme saying. I guess. Well, some people do have bed bugs, so I can imagine where that one came from. Yeah, Peter. Um, just kidding. All those damn onions. <laughs> he can't. He's not even here to defend himself either. I know. Sorry, we're joking. <laughs> not really. But seriously, he don't smell like onions sometimes. <laughs> If you catch him in the morning right out of the shower, what have you done that? I haven't. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, what have you done that? <laughs> it was just once. Just, just you know, saying hypothetically, you that know. Time in, that time in New Orleans when he lost his wallet. <laughs> oh, that's a funny story. We need, I need, next time he gets on, let's bring that up. I want to talk about that story. Uh, that was a good story. You know, it's funny, too. We were talking about honeymoons, and, and I was talking about proposing on uh, Halloween. New Orleans and all that fun stuff. Um, get married on Halloween, propose it on Halloween. That's uh, 
anniversaries on Halloween. Yeah, I was gonna say now your anniversary is every Halloween. Yeah. It's interesting how that works. Yep. Kind of set that up for life. Forever. Yep. Well like I said, Halloween, that's why you don't like chocolate and all that. It's just nothing but romance for you now. There you go. I'm a romantic man. So I got a story from um from that big uh I don't even know what it is, the book or whatever off of scribed. Yeah. Uh, it's apparently it's a well-known UFO case. I remember seeing this. Uh, they mentioned it in what I'm about to read. It was on Unsolved Mysteries back in the early 90s. I vaguely remember it, but I'm just going to kind of read through this. It's about a page and a half, so I'm going to be reading for a minute. So just All stop right. me whenever you want to make a comment or have something to say about it. So this is known as the Cash Landrum UFO Encounter. It took place in December 29th, 1980. Uh, there was two older ladies. Uh, named Betty, she was 52, and a lady named Vicky, uh, she was 57, and Vicky's grandson, Colby, who was seven at the time. So they were driving back home to Dayton, Texas after an evening out. They were on an old country road, FM 1485, when they spotted a bright object in the sky in the distance through the trees. Driving on, they rounded a curve and found a massive, brilliant, flaming object hovering over the road ahead of them. Betty stopped the car and got out to investigate. Let me stop right there. Would you would you get out in the car and investigate if no. you, your wife, and your son were driving on a Mississippi or Tennessee or Alabama, Louisiana back road? I think as time goes by, the rule of thumb is you never get out of your car. The what? The what is the rule of thumb? The rule of thumb. See, the common standard. Yeah, yep. no, fuck that. You don't get out of your car. Yeah, or stop. Especially for a big unknown thing in the sky like that. Yeah, you know. So. As the story goes, um, she got out to investigate, but Vicky um, returned to the car to comfort the terrified grandson. Betty stayed outside for several minutes trying to observe the object in detail, which they later described as larger than a water tower tank, making loud beeps and a mechanical whooshing sound. It intermittently produced a brilliant flame-like jet of light and heat as it hovered over the road. So that's that's not really sounding like Bob Lazar's thing that we went over a couple months ago. Yeah, it's like and heat. Yeah, he felt the heat. I felt the heat, and they could see flame like like an engine. Yeah, produce. Yeah, mm-hmm. flame like jet of light. Um, you know, it was bigger than a water tower tank. Which I mean, that could be you know, same, you know, kind of the same thing as Bob Lazar's thing. Um, and where was this at? Uh, this was in Texas, so they were they were headed home to Dayton, Texas. So I don't know where Dayton is. Not sure, but uh, in Betty Cash's earliest recorded testimony in from February of 1981. So this happened again. This happened December 29th, 1980. So a couple months later, in her earliest recorded testimony, she said, "We could not get up close enough to detect what the figure was, or I couldn't at least. The lights were just too bright in my eyesight." She later added the bright object that made the sky, it just split up and it looked like the world was coming to an end. It was very bright red. Vicky looked out the glass, but she said the light was too bright for her to see very much. So they, I guess they couldn't really get a good look at, at what they were seeing because the lights and the uh, flames and all that were just, just too bright. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I might have missed this, but what year? 1980. Uh, the actual incident took place on December 29th, 1980. 1980. Yeah, so this is very... God, that was only 40 years ago. Long. Yeah. Soon after Betty retreated to her car, the object slowly rose, uh, rose and moved away. 
As it did so, they saw that it was accompanied or pursued by a number of smaller aircraft. Once Betty's eyes had adjusted, she started the car, and they continued their journey home. They kept the car's air conditioner going, startled by the amount of heat the object overhead was producing. So this is December 29th, and they had to turn the air conditioner on in their car because the, the craft was you know, producing so much heat, and they felt it. That didn't even sound like anything man-made either. Further along the road, they encountered the mysterious object again. But this time, they approached more cautiously and stopped a greater distance away. They were able to see the pursuing aircraft more clearly. Uh, there were more than 20 military helicopters, which they believed had been sent on a mission to pursue the mystery object. Once it passed again, they continued to drive home, occasionally glimpsing the object and helicopters in the distance. The experience had badly frightened them, and they decided to tell no one. It was just too strange to be believed. You know, uh, the only thing that comes to mind for me with a story like that is when we were talking about uh, Tom DeLong and um, what's that above the Stars Academy or something like that? Something I, I like butch- that. It's something like that. You know, I don't have that right. I don't think. But something was said on a podcast he was on that we have like different things that are happening, and the only explanation right now is that they, whoever they is, you know, we don't know. But whoever they is, maybe we do know. But um, whoever they is, they're using technology on what objective they have. So these different spacecrafts. Oh, Bob Lazar was even talking about that. Yeah, that Bob Lazar was saying it's like tools in a in a in a shop. Yep. What tool do you need to do the job? And that is the tool that you use. Use. And in this case, it could have been a different job than what we're normally used to seeing. That's like, yeah, that's like what we were saying. Like, you know, if you got to plow a field, you use a tractor. But if you got to drive a long distance, you, or you know, you take plow a, something else, you use. Yeah, <laughs> if you got to fly through the air, you use an airplane. You know, so yeah. <clears throat> so this uh, story continues. They continued to feel hot afterward, and also began to feel ill. Vicky and Colby reported having flu-like symptoms with burning eyes and reddened skin over the next few days. Betty, who actually got out outside of the car, had even more severe problems. She, too, thought she had the flu, but as the night went on, developed further symptoms. A severe headache, skin lesions, swelling and blisters on the face and scalp. Uh, when Vicky discovered how sick Betty was, she moved her into her home but saw no improvement. At that point, they did not connect their ailments to the UFO, and Vicky, sus- Vicky suspected that Becky was just having complications uh, connected to her prior heart surgery. Vicky checked Betty like hours later. Or I mean, hours. No, earlier. this is like this is like days and weeks uh, okay. later. This they they got sick and it just it just worsened. They're coming home from the hospital and you know, this is what I'm wondering. Uh, where was I at? Uh, her heart surgery. So Vicky checked Betty into the Parkway Hospital in Houston. So I'm assuming this happened somewhere near Houston. Uh, the doctors were perplexed at Betty's condition. The, the tests they ran failed to determine a cause for her problems. So she was treated for her symptoms. And after she showed improvement, they released her after about two weeks. She continued to have health problems, however, and returned to the hospital a few days later. The tissue problems were mending, but the headaches, nausea, and diarrhea persisted, and a new symptom was noted upon readmission, patches of hair loss. She just caused COVID. the doc- you what? She had COVID. Yeah, pretty much. This caused the doctors to consider the possibility of exposure to radiation, but results were negative. It was early in Betty's second hospital state that the story of the UFO encounter was finally told. So that's weird. Um, 
would you would you attribute weird stuff like that happening if uh if you were driving on a road one night and a week later you're losing hair no. and no god no, it's, it's just 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 too far-fetched to even like you'd have to somewhat believe it in order to even put them together what's funny is uh if you listen to our last episode about peter's woods he was having these exact same symptoms <laughs> <laughs> so he may have seen a ufo in the past couple of weeks that could have been the thing going through the canopy but there you go you know he didn't he's, realize it was hot because you know whatever scenario yeah, he's out there in the sun yeah <laughs> he's been dealing with it ever since all right so that's so, crazy yeah all right so once the story was out they were encouraged to report it vicky made calls desperately trying to get someone to help and get an answer for what the object was how it injured him and who was responsible the helicopters convinced them that it was some kind of military operation and that the U.S. government would have knowledge of the incident. Right. The first, the first real response to their inquiries came from the tabloid press, giving their story national exposure. About the same time, Betty contacted John F. I'm not sure how to say this guy's last name. I'm just going to say Schussler. Uh, he was an engineer for McDonnell Douglas at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston. And he was also an investigator for the Mutual UFO Network, which is also MUFON. We need to go to uh, MUFON's like this huge UFO uh, network. We need to, I don't know how you join or whatever. Heard of it? Yeah, we need to. We need to go to like one of their conferences. M U F O N. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, he was an investigator for MUFON, and in that capacity, he began an intensive investigation into the event as a UFO case. Uh, The witnesses respected Schussler's authority and placed their trust in him. Uh, sometimes quoting his analysis and speculation about the event rather than their own memories. Over the next several months, the media continued to build and formed a strange relationship with the case. The media seemed to take the lead in the production of new information and developments. Pleas in the news coverage for any additional witnesses uh, to come forward yielded few results. Uh, Respondents, uh, they just either claimed to see a UFO or some helicopters. I don't know why that's that's kind of glanced over. I mean, if you've got other witnesses saying they see the UFO, I don't know why that's like not, uh, you know, further investigated. Uh, So let's see the story's coverage. uh, It was covered by the television program. That's incredible. I'm not familiar with that show. must've been a show. show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Generated publicity that led to an investigation by the department of the army's inspector general as to whether uh, U S army helicopters were involved in the incident. Uh, spring of 1982, Lieutenant Colonel George C. Saran spent several months checking the possibilities, and long story short, there was no evidence to suggest any U.S. military involvement. So, they officially said there's no U.S. involvement, but they still have. So, they're basically just saying that she just came up with it? I don't know if they're saying she just came up with it. It's just they can't confirm uh, that part of the story. She's saying... I mean, they're assuming helicopters, that yeah. they saw helicopters, so they're assuming it's U.S. military. So when the oh, army, that's right. That's so yeah, right. when the inspector general came out to inspect it and do whatever investigation he did, he couldn't find any proof or evidence that either a they just kept it confidential, or or two yeah. it could have been or a, an assumption they couldn't let the yeah they else. couldn't let the cat out of the bag. Don't let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Uh, so after this, the witnesses still felt the government was not being fully open with them, um, and they were convinced that, that that would have been helpful in the last little segment with the whole <laughs> they did it and didn't say that they did. Yeah, 
They were convinced that the UFO was a military project of some kind. Schussler seemed to feel the same way, but he thought that the unknown craft indicated extraterrestrial involvement. Uh, in the summer of 81, witnesses had written uh, to their congressman, who replied um, urging them to travel to Bergstrom Air Force Base to meet with base officials to file damage claim forms. They did so, but it wasn't until late 1982 that Peter Gersten, the flamboyant, quote, UFO lawyer, filed claims for a total of $20 million on behalf of the witnesses, uh, Vicky, Betty, and the, and the grandson. $20 million. Damn. Damn. When the claims were denied, they attempted to file civil suit against the government, the U.S. government, a contentious process that went on for the next several years. That course of action failed as well, and there was never enough evidence to satisfy a court. In August of 86, much to the disappointment of the witnesses, the case was dismissed without ever going to trial. Media coverage faded away. And um, like I said before I started reading this, it was kind of revived in 1991 when Unsolved Mysteries did an episode on it. And I'm pretty sure I remember that episode. Damn. Uh, in so the show, was, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, in the, in the show, the story was simplified and compressed uh, with rumors and, and supposition mixed along some of the facts. What were you about to say? So you have a story of um, definitely a lady, you know, I mean, like, you know, there are two people, right? Something like that. Um, they had this craft come over. It's hot. They they get this uh, radiation. We can assume it's radiation poisoning and um, or effects from it. And then they have symptoms. They try to do further research. They get denied. They do a lawsuit. They get denied because of no further proof. The government could have just said, hey, you know, we weren't out there. Yeah. That's all that it was. And that's all I got to do, too. That's all that they got to do. Uh, damn. Yeah. It's pretty legit. So almost from the start, UFO believers and anti-government conspiracy theorists transformed the story into a fable, teaching precautionary lessons about the dangers of military secrecy, nuclear energy, or of what happens to those who challenge the government's UFO cover-ups. Throughout this transformation, the core of the story remained unchanged, but details were, were embellished. Some versions claim that the roadway was secretly dug up and replaced overnight at the scene of the incident, which I, I don't believe that at all. Uh, witnesses had been threatened by the government, maybe, um, and that the investigator in the case had described their uh, indefinable brilliant object as a colossal diamond-shaped alien spacecraft ringed with blue lights. Um, uh, witnesses continued to fight for their story to be heard. Uh, two ladies stuck to their claims until the end. Betty had poor health the remainder of her life, um, which she always attributed to the UFO. She died in 1998 and Vicky survived until 2007. And the grandson Colby, uh, is still living in the Houston area today. So that's just the nutshell of the story. This would probably be good to do a whole episode on. Um, because if the, if the government, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to say, I believe it or don't believe it just based off the little information. Like I would like to dig into that guy's book. Um, I got a picture over here in a minute and I'd really like to watch that unsolved mysteries episode too. It could be one of the more like Bob Lazar type stories where it is probably one of the few legit stories, mm -hmm. uh, which is really interesting though. Um, I mean, that's just, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I, there's I feel like, I feel like if the government were to just come out earlier 
that we wouldn't have this phenomenon of UFOs. I yeah. think they missed the boat. And I don't know the culture then. There Maybe there's, a, there's a mindset. There's a saying, missed the boat. Missed the boat. But like if they would have just come out and just said, hey, yeah, there's UFOs. We're dealing with it. You know, they could still have law and order. Yeah. I really feel that because they had a lot of other stuff going on. They could have, but now since they pulled it so much, people have so many other reasons not to trust their government. UFOs is just another yeah. aspect to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah. Well, um, there, there's another UFO case. I can't remember their names, but it was really popular because it was like back in like the fifties or something. And it was an interracial couple. And that was like, you know, that was a no, no back then. Right. I'll have to find that case. Maybe we can do an episode, dig further into this one and uh, talk about that one and, and kind of do like a double, double episode or not a double episode, but like a, you know, we have some goodies coming up. Them. I can't wait for um, uh, Peter to get back to do these. So here's, uh, I'm assuming this is an artist rendering of what the craft looked like. This is uh Schiller's book, John F. Schussler. Oh, another Hillary thing. Yep. <laughs> no. <laughs> So that's his book. I'm assuming that's um, kind of the artist rendering of it. Can you huh. see it? Yeah. See, that's a diamond shaped with blue lights. You got all the helicopters surrounding it. Which yeah, this, this, I would say this is probably factually incorrect because you have all three people outside of the car uh, that was not mentioned in the uh, in in the short version of the story we saw at the grandson right there. I think the artist got a little, uh, little embellishing a little bit. (laughs) Oh no! No, but at least I mean that's 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 probably what they described the spacecraft as looking. I guess it's it is bigger than a water tower. It looks like Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't look too bright, but you know. Oh, I'm not judging that part because I mean you know I don't know. I'm gonna see if who am I to judge an alien aircraft if that's accurate or not? Dude, we're experts on Bob Lazar. We can do it now. You're right. It's 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 uh how how, gonna, how how tall was it? Like eight feet tall or something like that. Ten yeah. feet tall. Yeah, Bob Lazar. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna uh, see if that uh, if that book is unscribed. Of course, Bob Lazar also said he had one craft, and at one point in time, he was able to see down all the the aircraft hangars that are working on others, and all of them were different. Mm-hmm. So he said he had no information on the others. But the one he was working on is the one that is commonly known now because of the stories. So that could have been that could have been one. They could have used a different type of technology for for whatever purpose it served. Yeah. yeah. So I'm on uh, Scribe has apparently changed names now. It's not Scribed anymore. It's Everand. Um, oh, is that what that is? Okay. Yeah. So oh, I just scary. typed in Cash Landrum UFO, and I'm not finding the book, but. There's a lot of MUFON UFO journals on here. So if you're yeah, MUFON. Yeah, check them out. And uh, if you're interested in that, there's a lot of, of their different journals from the 80s, 90s, everything. So we should uh, – let me look that up. Let me see yeah, See what they're all about. The the Mutual UFO Network. We can even be, we can apply to become a field investigator. Let's do it. Do they pay? Probably not. <laughs> The first step to become a field investigator is to join or renew your membership. Only members of good standing may achieve field investigator status. Talk to, to step two, talk to your state, provincial, or national director. Number three, get your copy of the MUFON field investigator manual. Study the field, blah, blah, blah. Oh, dude, we can go to MUFON University. 
I'm sure that holds up. Get a good job. Started in 1969, based out of Cincinnati. It's a four-year? Probably, yeah. wonder who their mascot is. <laughs> it's probably right behind you. Uh, they got a store. So, yeah, we can uh, – yeah, we'll, we'll we'll look into that. That's that's interesting. Maybe we can, if we ever do or are able to actually film stuff. There you go. Yeah, that's but, a good story, though. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll dig into it deeper because I'm sure uh, Betty and Vicky and probably the son too has probably done multiple interviews. I mean, this happened in 1980. Uh, Betty died. Sure we see if we can have him on. He's yeah, as from what I read, he's still alive. So. Um, you know, she died in 90, I think it was 97, I think. And she died, the other one died in 07. But so I'm sure that was, you know, 17 and 27 years after the fact. So I'm sure they did multiple interviews. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, we'll do that one. And then the, um, that other one, I can't remember what it was called. It's, um, if you have discovery plus there was an episode on it, um, where they talked about it. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's, I'd have to read more into it before I say if that was true or false. Or what I think, anyway. If it's well, as of right now, you have to say it's false. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just whatever. I mean, a lot of the stuff about like you know, some people are saying, oh, they're, the government's hiding it. They basically dug the road up and did this. I don't, I don't believe any of that. But who knows? I don't, you know? I don't think they care enough to try to cover something like that. Yeah, I mean, who's to say? I know, I know, Shussler was saying it's of extraterrestrial origin, but hell, it could have been you. You know, it could have been U.S. origin, just test flights, and because Houston's, you know, that's, that's a very NASA-oriented city. So, well, what I was going to bring up earlier is the whole, uh, which we're going to we're going to redo this when Peter gets back in another subject. But uh, MH370 reverse mm-hmm. engineering. I mean, who knows how long we've been doing that? Yeah, um, assuming it's reverse engineering, it could have been a military exercise. You know, it's not necessarily saying that they're visiting. It could be something that we've been doing yeah. for anybody listening. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll do an episode on MH370, the updates on that, yeah. as far as what I'm referring to. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll, could be- yeah we'll, see if, we'll see if we can get Ashton in the chat, or maybe, hell, we may even, if we do it, if we can plan it long enough, we may be, may be even able to get him on. So, but we'll, we'll see what we can do with all that. We'll wait for Peter. But, um, yeah. Anything, anything else on this Friday night before we, no, Sign that's off. a good story. I'm glad you I'm glad you ended it with that. Yeah, that's uh, if I know we we put scribed over a lot or whatever. Um, but I came across this American myths, legends, and tall tales, an encyclopedia of American folklore. Uh, it's a th- it's eleven hundred pages. Oh, so it's an encyclopedia. It's like, yeah. oh shit, it's like everything. Yeah, there's I a shit ton of stuff. I couldn't click it to go to the chapter I wanted to. I know, I know. That's that's the only bad thing about it. I was trying to do it, so I just scrolled till I found it. Uh, it's oh in alphabetical order. I mean, it's got stuff from AIDS all the way to. Uh, I was uh, I was still in the AIDS Atlantis. Yeah, it's got Atlantis um, all the way to you know, and it refers books that you can read on that subject as yep. well. Yeah, every every article they have in this encyclopedia, it references like like the story I just read about that UFO. It had three sources. It had Schussler's book. It had some uh, and two other two other books and documents. So I mean, yeah, what's the title a, of it again? It is a wealth of information: uh, American myths, legends, and tall tales. An encyclopedia of American folklore. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, like I said, it's got all the way to A to Z. It's got Amityville. 
uh, where the Christmas tree came from, like why we use a Christmas tree during Christmas. Uh, the Cardiff Giant. That's a Paganist thing, right? I think so, yeah. It's a little bit more darker than what people realize. Mm-hmm. Hell, we should let's let's do that for Christmas. One of our I Christmas think we did episodes. talk about it, but we, yeah, we could do an episode on that. Um, or other Christmas stuff too that people believe yeah. is Christian and it's really pagan. Yeah, know, we can do that. That'd, that'd be inter- that'd be interesting. But yeah, dude, it's it's literally got stuff A to Z. So, um, so yeah, check that out if you're in, into all that because we're probably going to be get be getting a lot of ideas from that for episodes. So, um, but anyway, um, cool. Yeah, that's that's going to wrap this episode up. Hopefully, Peter will be with us uh, next time. Um, we'll figure it out. But if you're listening to this on the podcast, go ahead and go into the episode description so you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, all our social media handles will be on there. Uh, join us, twitch.tv slash room2008ent at gmail.com. And if you know of any other sayings that we didn't go over that you find interesting or that you know for sure have a more sinister meaning to them, uh, shoot us an email, room2008ent at gmail.com. And we will see y'all next time. Room 2008 is out.